this series for the whole summer on the book of Acts, called Acts, the church alive then and the church alive now. God has not done with the church, amen, at all. Now, I know only about six of you believe that, but I'm going to say one more time, God is not done with the church. In fact, I'm going to tell you, if we take God at his word, he's coming back for a church that is without spot or blemish. That means a church in acting and being what he has prepared them to be. So don't get your eyes on what isn't happening. Get your eyes on the one who makes things happen. Amen? And that's what we got to get a hold of. I know we're in a really precarious year. I know elections coming around the corner, and it's been more exciting than your typical soap opera. I know that. Everybody's got their opinions on everything. God is still on the throne. Do you really believe that? I'm asking myself that. Do you really believe that? Yes. God is still on the throne. Today we're just going to kind of do a little, uh, especially since it's Membership Sunday, I just want to look at the church a little bit, but it's kind of a precursor to the beginning of our series next week. So I want to invite each of you to be a part of that. Also, men... Uh, don't forget, in two Wednesdays, June the 1st, we'll begin our six-week series on Wednesday evening, Kingdom Man. Please come be a part of that. Lord, open our hearts today. Thank you, Father, for who you are in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. I'm going to ask one more time, where is the church today? Turn with me real quick to a little, little visited book. And you can say it two different ways. You can either say Philemon. Or you can say Philemon, or you can say whatever you so desire to say, but I want you to turn there. Philemon chapter 1, Philemon chapter 1, verse 2. Seems like an insignificant verse, but I think it speaks very powerfully to what we want to look at today. As soon as you get there, let me hear you say amen. I'm just going to back up just to where it says, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker. Also to Aphia, our sister, and our, our chiefest, our fellow soldier. And to the what? The church that meets where? Hold up. I thought church meant in a building that was established on a certain time with a big old cornerstone on the front that says established and it's got the year and all that stuff. I thought that was the church. That's the building. How many grew up at some point in time thinking that church was a place you went to? Has anybody hit the proverbial wall when you realize church, you couldn't go to church because if you had Christ in your life, you were the church? Let's look at this just for a moment. The church is not a building. Now, the church can use a building, but it's not. Let me ask you a question. If this place, God forbid, burns to the ground, can we still have church on Sunday? If this place... It wasn't usable at all. Could we still meet somewhere? Why is that? Because this building is not the church. Who's the church? We are. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? When you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ and you turn your life over to the Father, you become part of the body of Christ, also known as... As a church. So I just want to clear some things up again for those of you who have never thought of it this way before. The church is not a denomination, regardless of what that denomination wants to tell you. 
The church is not Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, Assemblies of God, Brethren, Church of the Brethren, United Brethren. There's all sorts of brothers out there. And, uh, you name it. They are not. That is not the church. And sometimes I'm very glad of that. Okay. Now, sound doctrine is important to the church. And some of the things that the denominations uh, 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 hold dear, those are very important, but that is not the church. The church is not about Sunday. Church is not Sunday. Now, it's kind of nice we all have that one day that we're prepared, right, to gather together. Sunday. But the church should never, ever forsake gathering together. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. The church is not about one person or one personality. Though every church needs shepherding, every church needs to have the the, the different giftings happening, the church is not about one person other than the one whose name is what? Jesus. I was sharing a membership class earlier. It wasn't until about the last 100, 150 years that you even saw full-time ministers, even part-time ministers, heading up congregations. Now, I'm not downing that. I mean, I am one of their kind. But here's the issue. We have elevated a position far more in the church than the Word ever has. There are five main offices that the Word talks about in Ephesians. There's apostles, there's, there's prophets, there's evangelists, there's teachers, and there's pastors. Guess which one is talked about the least in Scripture? The pastor. Now, I'm not demeaning that office, but we also need to be careful that we don't make that the office, spiritual position. I happen to be, for such a time as this, the one that uses the mouth. Amen. There are other mouths in this house. You shall remain nameless. But God can use you. God can use you if he calls you in shepherding and pastoring. This is but one part of the body. Amen. The church is not about size or growth. Now, I have to tell you, if your church, if your body that you're gathering with is depleting because of sin, if your body is depleting because of uh, a lack of love, if your body is depleting for any of those reasons, yes, we need to take that seriously because we are called to make disciples. But it's not about being the biggest church in town. Believe me, I went through that spell. There was one cartoon I loved. It was a comic strip. It had teenager's idea of worship, and it was like a skate park and an arcade place. This is an old one. Uh, it, it, it said uh, the, 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 the ladies, and of course this is an old one, so don't throw this at me being stereotypical. It said ladies ideal church. It was this tiny little room for the sanctuary in this huge modern kitchen. It was pretty amazing. And then the one said pastor's dream church, and it was a stadium with like 50,000 people in it. And I remember looking at that, and I thought, isn't that crazy? As wrong as that is in thinking, boy, we do think that way. I want to get as many people in here as we possibly can. So the church is not where we are for an hour and a half each week. But rather, you ready for this? The church isn't about where you are one and a half hours a week. It's about what we are every day of the week as the hands and feet of Jesus. That's the church. Did everybody get that? 
Actually, this is just something we're doing as a result of the church. Okay? In Colossians 1.18, he calls us the body. Everybody say the body. Look at your neighbor. Say, you're part of the body. Ask your neighbor to the other side of you what part of the body they are. Now, husbands, don't look at your wives and say, I believe God has spoken that you're the mouth. No. Don't say that. God has called us to particular positions in the church. And we are all part of that body. 1 Corinthians 12 says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So here's the bottom line. I shared this two years ago, and I mean, church, the, the, the church, and raise your hand, church. Where, where are you, church? Okay, you should not be like Vegas. Okay? We show up to this building. What stays in the building, or be, it happens in the building, should not stay in the building. Right? Church is not Vegas. Quite honestly, it's the opposite, for obvious reasons. What happens amongst the church should be seen everywhere. Amen? That's what we are. That's who we are. So church is not what you're sitting through right now. Church is who you are when you woke up this morning. And when you went out to eat yesterday. And when you spend time with your family and friends today. Church. But guess what? We cannot take away from the fact that we have been, and I want everybody to listen to me. Everybody say the word commanded. Now, see, we don't like that word because it has this authoritative tell us what to do thing. But when the word commands something, it means we ought to do it, right? So everybody say commanded. The word commands that we not forsake gathering together. We're supposed to get together. And there must be a reason why. It's not just for, for having a good time. There must be a particular reason why, and that's what we're going to touch on just for the next few moments here. Gathering is not optional. Hebrews 10.25 is very clear. Do not forsake the gathering or the coming together. Don't forsake it. Let me use a more modern word. Don't skip out on church. Or the gathering of the church. Here I am using that old lingo. Gathering of the church. Don't skip out on it. See, by God's design, and listen to this, the church, the gathering together is the center of every believer's spiritual life. It's where we study. It's where we feed. It's where we grow. It's where we train. It's where we hold each other accountable. It's where we comfort each other. It's where we partake in ordinances like uh, of, of communion and foot washing. And, and it's ministry, and it's giving you opportunity when you come together to what? Minister to who? After all, we are all ministers of the gospel, according to the Word. The church was given for our protection. Us being the body is for our protection, instruction, discipline, and equipping. It's a lighthouse. How do you like that? It's also a greenhouse. How do you like that? It's a hospital. It's a classroom. It's a crucible. Any army army people here, military people? Like it's a crucible. You go through some tough stuff, but we do it together. It's not an optional path among many. It's not just an aid in our spiritual life. It is commanded that we gather together to grow as believers together. Amen? So, 
The way to combat that is when we realize that, folks, we don't go to church. We never have. We can't go to church unless you are not a believer. Why can't you go to church? Because you are the church. Quite honestly, we bring the church to this building every Sunday morning. Do you understand that? We bring the church every Sunday morning to right here. 1 Corinthians 12 again says, You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Now, in the Bible, when it said church, it was that Greek word ecclesia. There you go. There's your two-cent word for the day. And it always referenced people getting together with people, not a place, not a building. It was a people. And it, 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 it was, it, it's the walking embodiment of who? Jesus. We are the body of Christ to a world where so many are not fulfilled because they do not love Him. So, we don't go to church. We bring the church. So now, my, second, my, my third question is, what is our priority then? And I'm going through this fast today. Like I said, it's a slow precursor. So we're going, what is our priority as a church? What is our purpose? Is our purpose to uh, have lots of community uh, events go on? Is our priority to uh, hold concerts in the building, uh, hopefully for the ministry, but for the joy of everybody around? Is that our priority? No. Is our priority to take in as much offering as we can each week to make sure all the bills are paid? Is our priority to evangelize the world? Almost. See, this one got me too. But you dig in the Word, you look at what is the priority so that everything else flows out from us, including evangelism. What is our priority? I'm going to give you three E words. You ready? Our first one is to exalt the name of Jesus. Give praise to the name of Jesus. We, and I I coined it two two years ago, I'll use it again, we are walking billboards. Everywhere we go, people should see the name of Jesus. Shouldn't see me, should see Jesus. That he be exalted. That's priority number one. Priority number two is that we, according to Hebrews chapter 10, when we gather together, we are to do what with each other? Encourage and edify each other. To build each other up in the faith. Encourage each other. And on top of that, not only are we supposed to encourage each other, we are to equip each other. In fact, that's why a lot of those offices, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the the teacher, the pastor, that's why those were put in place, to equip God's people for acts of service. So, what is the priority of the gathering? Hear what I'm saying? The priority of the gathering is to exalt, everybody say exalt, to edify, and to equip now, if the church is doing what it's supposed to be doing as they gather, guess, what, guess what's going to flow out of them? Evangelism, ministry to the world. Are you following what I'm saying? It will flow out of them. I think, you know, I'm not often one to, to, to state a big opinion, but I think that's when we got a little bit awry with the seeker-sensitive uh, movement back in the 90s amongst churches where they catered the services to the lost rather than to the believer. 
what was happening was, and I understand the premise, I do, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it was terrible, but I think we got off on the fact that our gathering is not about, first and foremost, trying to prove to somebody else that God's real. The gathering is amongst people that already know God's real. The gathering is about people that already have committed their lives to Christ. Now, if you bring somebody that doesn't know Jesus, sure, that's great. They'll see we're billboards, right? But our whole premise can't be wrapped around just evangelism itself. And yet, we are commanded to go into all the world and preach the gospel. It comes flowing out of being the church. Does everybody understand that? I'm not trying to upend anything. I'm just simply saying we need to be certain because sometimes people get so involved in different aspects that they miss everything else. Our number one priority is to exalt the name of Jesus and then to edify each other and equip each other so that we can go out and do what? Evangelize and minister. Does everybody understand that? Who is wide awake right now? Who is dead on? And who is thinking about everything else? I am. No, I'm just joking. My goal every Sunday is to keep myself awake. That's why I stand up. If I sat down, oh my. I'm just messing with you. Basically all these things that are thought to be the purpose of the church. I'll tell you another one that's really taken hold and it concerns me. This is one that's really becoming here. Social justice has taken hold of the church in a way that's become very detrimental. Social justice uh, is not a priority. Exalting, edifying, equipping is. Now, you want to do social justice, biblically, so, biblical social justice? Let it flow out of being the church. Okay? But it, it, when that becomes the main thing, guess what happens? Um, all spir- a lot of spiritual stuff get, takes the back seat. And a lot of sin is left wide open. And it's been very sad to see how a lot of our congregations, uh, the, the Methodist Church is out in Portland right now, battling this very issue, uh, the, the transgender, the LGBT, the whole nine yards. And again, got nothing but love. But number one is the Word, and what the Word says. So there will never be a, a judgment call, there will never be... The issue is I want people to know Jesus, regardless of where they are in their life. Amen? And then let the Lord transform them in truth. That's what he's doing to me. That's what he's doing to everybody else. Amen? We've got to allow the Lord's truth to transform us. But what happens is when you just open yourself up, rather than wanting to see people set free from what the Word has been very clear on, you, you just open it wide up and it creates an issue. It creates a real issue. It creates... It creates a lot of discrepancy, and it creates a lot of confusion. And that's the sad part. The church is confused. Do you understand that? The church of America is a confusing place because you've got this pocket of people saying this, you've got this pocket of people saying this, and that's why it's so important. We have got to get back to the what? Because this is the only thing that we have that could be unifying us as the Holy Spirit speaks to us through the what? The Word. Let that unify us. But see, when you have pockets of everything else around you saying everything under the sun, sadly enough, a majority of the church either looks like the world or the world wants nothing to do with because of how they act. And I'm kind of like, okay, Lord, I want to avoid all extremes here. And I want your love to shine through in this place. Amen? I want your love to shine through me. 
Whether I agree with a person's this or I think that this is right, I want your love to shine through first. And then it tells us in Ephesians, then you can speak the truth through love and in love. Amen? So that's what we need to stand as a body of believers when it comes to this world. Now, finally, one of the other things I want us to understand, church is and always should be about who? Not Aaron and Karen, just because they're walking out. I love how they can't. Karen just stood up, and she just kind of said, yeah, here we go, and Aaron's like, I'm just following her. She told me what to do. I know. I'm awful. Y'all voted me in two years ago. I'm sorry. You didn't know about this stuff. I'll be calling people out while they stand up. I love to have fun in church. Amen. I love to have fun together. Let's just have a good time. Sometimes we take ourselves too seriously. So much so that I lost my place. Where are we at here? Oh, church is and should always be about who? Jesus. But guess who else? All of us. There are all different sorts of people here. I've known people, there was this real huge movement in the 90s. And see, you can tell what I grew up in ministry-wise when I heard. In the end of the 90s and in the 2000s, there was a college movement. And, boy, they, some of them could not imagine doing church with anybody else their, other than their age. Now, it's okay to have church of 18 to 22, 23-year-olds. But the problem is that's only five years of a whole lifetime. And you're missing out on a whole lot of wisdom. I mean, look at Ralph Prater. There's wisdom there. Count every gray hair. I'm just messing, brother. I'm saying we have wisdom all over the place. And it may not be chronological age. It may be someone who's really has lived their life for Christ for a good while. And, and just because they're not 18 to 23 doesn't mean you should do it. Frankly, it means let them in. Bring them on in because we need church is us. Church is us. That's why sometimes, as distracting as it might feel, I don't think it hurts for kids to be in the midst of the grown-up stuff. They need to see it be a part of the church. There's this old slogan, the kids of today are the church of tomorrow. No. If they have any understanding of receiving Christ in their lives, I don't care if they're nine, they're a part of the church. So just as a body, the one has many parts, all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. We are the body of Christ. And the last thing I want us to understand is we don't grow the church. We don't at all. In fact, 1 Corinthians 3 makes it clear that while some of us plant and others water, who is it that causes it to grow? God causes it to grow. We are co-workers belonging to God. In fact, Acts chapter 2, I love this. If anybody's ever confused, Acts chapter 2 is very clear uh, about this. When things began to happen, God poured out his Holy Spirit. It wasn't the apostles that grew the church. It was very clear that the Lord added to their numbers. Okay? So what we want to see is God, God adding to the numbers of the body as we are faithfully walking out what he's called us to walk out. Okay? I know I, I'm sometimes a little backward. I know I'm a little different. I, I know I'm not one who will uh, advertise stuff. I just don't. I struggle, and I think I've shared this before. I struggle advertising White Hill because that's not my job. My job is to advertise Jesus. Anybody else in agreement with that? 
uh, we can talk after. Maybe I'm missing something, but I don't want to put out pamphlets or things about White Hill all the time. I'm just talking about all the time. And I'm not saying everybody else is wrong about that. I'm saying me. I struggle with that. I want to advertise who? Jesus. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. And I want people to know that when they're coming here, it's not because of White Hill. It's because of who? Jesus. And I think that should all be our goal. Amen? That should be what it's all about. And so that's where our focus is in that and through that. So we as a church, we are the church, not this building. We have been called to some very specific things that we are called to do in priority. Exalt, edify one another, and equip each other. Out of that outflow of doing those things come amazing fruit. And so I am challenging us today to really take a look at what our understanding of church has been and to realize that for the next 13 weeks, we're going to unpack this thing like you've never unpacked it before. We've got several other people that are going to be involved in speaking this summer. Others who the Lord, I believe the Lord has called to, to, to share, share a word. So we have a variety of folks that are going to be sharing on, on, on this. But we're going to try to go through every chapter to some degree of the book of Acts over the next 13 weeks. And we're going to unpack the church then and also the church now. If you like being a part of the church. Yeah, I, I, I like being a part of the church because we need one another. That's what the Lord speaks. And so we happen to be just part of a little a little segment of the body that attends in a little community known as White Hill and this building that the Lord has blessed us with. Amen. And here we are. So God, use us while we're here. Do in us what you want to do in us. We thank you, Lord. We submit ourselves to you. And we commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name.